Welcome to The Creative Grid, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who are hungry to have more impact, make more money, and become successful in every area of life. I'm your host, Nelson, and your journey to mastering life and business begins in three, two, one. Welcome to part two. We're literally just keep going. Um, but I thought it, it, it was good to basically break the episode apart. So let's continue on what we left on on our last episode. There is a, a question that basically summarized what most people were asking. This question was, what is the best piece of advice for the business side of filmmaking? In brackets, networking, client acquisition, etc. This question was asked by at Drew that 61 underscore. I've got a very interesting way, I think, of running my business, which is I'm working on the back of numbers and Google spreadsheets. And that's really helped me. And I think being able to measure everything really helps me seeing where are the bottlenecks into the production. So about six months ago, I got into like a coaching program with a mentor, right? Um, that person, the first thing that we did is like, we had that long discussion trying to, he was trying to understand my business. But one of the very first things he did was not so much to tell me what to do. It was trying to, he was trying to understand where, where were the potential issues that he could help me solve. And basically all that was, it's not just problem solving, it's identifying where are the bottlenecks. Let's say you want to grow your business from zero to 100, whatever the numbers are. Let's say if you are very good at sales, but you can't produce, that's, you can't produce, you can't keep up with your editing. You're, you're always late at delivering. That's what we call a bottleneck. So like just to define the bottleneck is what slows you down and what slows the whole process in, in your business, in video, pro it works in video production, it works with anything. From the moment you have, you generate the inquiries, the prospect, all the way to the delivery, the final payment, and you shake hand with your client. What is it that stops you from doing more? You and your team, as we were talking in the previous part, where, and, and I think once you have got a clear vision, you can start working on this because if you keep investing in better computers or even hiring more team members, but you're not getting the sales, for example, I'm saying sales because it's going to be in most cases, one of the bottlenecks, I would say. It's, it was, it's still my bottleneck as of today. We've got the systems, we've got flashing, like super beautiful, like we can scale a lot. We could absorb like three or four times more the work than what we have at the moment. But because sales is the bottleneck, it's useless to be, to have shiny processes and SOPs and all of this in the back end. So I think my recommendation would be like make a full assessment of the business. Have, have a full assessment of, and you can, you know what, you can do that with ChatGPT. I hire ChatGPT, have that conversation with, with the prompt and ask how can I better my business? I want to streamline all the, like, the, the whole thing. But first of all, I want to have a snapshot of my business to know where I'm at and where should I focus my energy on because you have got only so many hours in a day. There is only one version of you. It's your business. Where is the bottleneck? So like for us, that was sales, for example. 
and we had to focus on sell. So that's why I, had, I think I had to bring back and like put the whole thing in context because for 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 you that might be a different you know kind of ball like. And I reckon this year, like we'll we'll face a different issues, a different issue which will be delivery, for example, um, which I'm seeing coming as we get more clients on board. The answer I would give to that question, the best piece of advice for the business side of filmmaking will be to find someone that is already doing the thing that you want to do. It could be a business coach. It could be uh, uh, someone like Guillaume of myself. It could be a fellow filmmaker. It could be a mastermind of uh, video production business owners. But you don't know what you don't know. And it's too many things. As soon as I hear that question, I'm like, do you have a lead generation system? Do you understand how to sell? What's your sales process? How? What's your offer? Is your offer irresistible? How's your customer journey? How are you making sure that you get referrals from existing clients? There's so many things that are coming to my mind listening to that question, right? Because depending on where you are, like you were saying, depending assessing the business, mm -hmm. you might have a specific bottleneck or a main problem within the snapshot of your business. But it's too difficult to know or to even assess if you haven't got the fundamentals in place. So I would say the best you could do is finding someone that is already doing the thing or that can help you, has done the thing for other people before, which it'll be the, the case of a coach and help you at least start setting up the foundations, get a, a basic lead generation system, a sales process, Get, making sure that your offer is right, making sure that you have a good customer journey, that you have systems as well to document the wins that you're getting for your clients so that you can utilize that to get more clients or get referrals. So do not just rely on word of mouth marketing. You there is a whole system and different aspects of it that you need to install if you want to grow a successful video production business. To, to, we had this discussion, I think, last week, and I it was kind of like a no-brainer when, when we had this discussion that unless you are in that very specific one-person category where you are an inventor and you want to create something new and... Everything that you're trying to do has already already been done by someone else. And there is someone out there who is doing it better than you, much better than you. Nothing stops you to go to those people. And I'm not saying like you should go to them and you know try to steal from them like the information. It's like how can you like not only inspire yourself, you've got social media, you can follow them on social media, learn from from, from them, right? But maybe they, they can help you being your mentor, being your coach. Surround yourself with those people. See how you can provide value. That's one thing with them. But like, see what they are doing because they've done it. Mm -hmm. And what stops you from doing it? Because the information is accessible. It's out there. You've got internet. You've got everything at the like at the tip of your fingers. Mm -hmm. And so why try to reinvent the wheel, mm. which I think I'm guilty of. I've been, I've been doing that for the past 100%, six years. Yeah. 
six years of doing, like trying to, you know what, I'll do it better. I'm going to do better videos. I'm going to run a better videos. Yeah, I, I think I was doing great, but I was not thinking big picture. Mm. And and now that's the biggest mindset shift. I would, and that's the advice I would like. I agree with you. That's a that's a great piece of advice. Saying like, surround yourself with the right people, people that are ahead of you or people that are going to drive you up. More important than any other business skills. Because if you are swimming in the same pool, like you're very likely to to succeed as well. Sales for a video production business. Can you explain what does what does that mean? Sales is a lot harder than I thought even just a year ago. By putting myself in a position where I was in front of a lot of people, just by getting more leads over the past few months, just the past few months, I realized what I thought. I remember saying, oh, I'm pretty good at sales. My conversion rate is above 75%. So when I say conversion rates from a lead, someone who inquires on the website, gives us a phone call to an actual paying client. And it was pretty high. It was more than like 66, like more than two-thirds. Being in front of a lot of other leads. And I realized that it was a lot harder. And it's not so much because of the skill. It's just because the way advertising, for example, works. When you start putting yourself out there and people see you and they will reach out. I just realized that I was only leveraging very, very small, like sales is very, is very large, right? But we were leveraging only one very small channel, which was based mostly on word of mouth and referrals. That's how we were getting most of our jobs. And what I found out is like referrals and word of mouth are the easiest sales that you can get because people already can like, they can know you or they know you through their friends or through their, their, their business partners. They the business partner would have said good things. So they kind of like you already and trust you. So you already like have the no like trust factor, like tick, tick the box, which I think was very helpful in converting those, those prospects. Now, when you're in front of a lot of people, it's a whole different ball game. And even though there are different ways of doing sales, what I kind of learned the hard ways at the beginning, I was trying to sell way too much without really understanding what I was doing. I was like, yeah, like you jump, you inquired on the website, you just want on, on one of our ads, you just want the product and like, uh, I'm going to sell it to you and give you our, the, that we are the best to do the job and, you know, kind <clears> of <throat> try to push that down their throats and that wouldn't work. And like uh, receiving a lot of rejection. I think sales, is not what you think. And I think I had that stigma from going to the car dealer, trying, you know, like potentially them trying to sell, like usually the lower hand, you know, when you don't have too much money, you have to buy a car and you go to that place where like sells you used cars. Uh, those people are not the best salespersons. No offense, guys, but that's, <laughs> that's the truth. Mm. Once you understand that sales is not sales, like it's as it is, I think that was that really helped me. Now when I jump on on the call on a call with prospects, I've got a whole different conversation. And it's easy to say now that we have a 
flow, I would say I've got, we've got a continuous flow of leads coming in through the business. So we talk to a lot of people and we've grown quite substantially, which means we are in a position where we can say no and having that comfort as well a lot more. So that's why I'm like taking that one, like just, you know, be careful. Like it's easy for me to say now that we've got that kind of revenue coming uh, and the, the work coming, I would say, in the business. So I can afford to say no to some clients. But the approach that I have now is way more, I'm going to help you or see if I can help you. And I literally was on the phone with like four or five people last week. None of them, I didn't say anything. I actually told them not to use our services, even though two of them, they could have ended up being clients, I believe, just because I didn't think that was the right strategy for them. And I think that's what sales is about now. It's really about finding those partners, those people out there who could get some kind of benefit, some sort of benefits from our services that's going to help them get better. So sales is one thing. And like, I think you need to have the right offer behind, behind it just to, to be able to help the people. If the offer doesn't align with the person, then that's fine. But like we can't really help you and we sh you shouldn't take that on that client. But if the stars align, it, the cell, it's not even a cell. It's, hey, we shake hands. Like what we do is going to help you. And in exchange, you're going to give us some money. for to, uh, I think I think that's, that mindset shift really helps a lot. And now the conversation are a lot easier. Sales is the process by which you help a prospect make a decision. That's how I see sales now when I go into a conversation. Like you were saying, it's not so much about, hey, buy my thing, buy, buy, buy. It's not really about that. It's about identifying who is the right client for what you're offering and helping them make a decision of partnering together or not partnering together or parting ways. So like G was saying, just because you have people coming through the door, that doesn't mean that you have to sell them. So that's one big mindset shift when you realize that not everyone is meant to be a client. Not everyone that comes with an inquiry is meant to be a client. And there's several reasons for that. It could be first that because what you offer doesn't really fit the goals and the needs that that client currently has, but maybe you could recommend them to someone else that you know that could solve that problem better than you could, or simply, simply just saying, hey, I can't help you with this. I know it's hard, especially when there's people ready to pay right there and then just being like, hey, I'm ready to pay how much I need to solve this. They're really in pain, but don't just look at the money because that's how you start getting yourselves into really bad situations because you take on the bad cl bad clients or people that were not the right fit. Those are the people that potentially might ask for a refund later on. It will put you in a, in a stressful position or they will have just different demands to what your dream avatar normally has and things that are just going to make your life harder. So definitely when it comes to sales, I think the faster you can change your mindset about those conversations and just realize like, hey, I'm there to help this person make a decision. And 
if they if we are the right fit, I will present what my offer, how my offer can help them achieve their goals and just the opportunity of working together, of partnering together. But don't feel like and 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 again, this comes down to you not being in the position in which money is very stressful because when money is stressful, I know how it is. You will take on whatever comes in in front of you. You will take on bad clients, good clients, uh, low paying clients. You will take on everything because you're very stressed. So the first thing I would say is really getting out of that position. It it is day and night when you're in a call with someone that is inquiring about buying your services and you knowing I don't have to sell this person. I don't really care. I'm here to help. If you want to do it, we can do it. And if, if I think you're actually the right fit for what we are doing, if I think you're the wrong fit, I won't sell you. I, I won't. I, I won't even tell you. I will tell you that we're not the right fit. But if I see that yes, this could be a great partnership, then I will present the opportunity. But I also don't care if you buy or not because I know. And and you know, this, that's one thing is not being stressed about money, so that you can be in that mindset that you're there to help them. But also, like G was saying, is having a great offer. Because if you're confident in what you're offering, it becomes really easy to sell something. Now we're at a point where our podcast offer is that good. And I've seen what what's out there in the market. And we have tested with so many people. We have gotten results for our clients that I'm so confident in it that I know if people don't buy this thing and they're actually a good fit for podcasts, they're missing out on the best opportunity in the market right now. So, but it all comes down because I'm so confident in what we're offering. Already seen the results for our clients. I already know the people behind it. I know uh, to the level that we're doing things, how much we deliver to our clients, how much we care about it. So I would say if you're struggling with sales, definitely start first with the offer. Even in, in this is a... a another mindset shift going from, oh, I don't like being salesy and all these things. It's not about being salesy. You're trying to help someone. That person might be desperate to get more leads or to get their message out there or to build their, you know, their brand authority so that they can help more clients and sell more of what they do and whatever it is. By you trying to not be salesy or whatever you, you think it is, you're not helping them get those goals or get closer to those goals. So just try to really have conversations and come from a place where you don't really need the sell. You're there to help them make that decision and find out if you, you both can be a good partner or, or multiple people and definitely have a great offer because if you have a great offer, I tested this with our own team. I'm the one that does sales for Vibes Creative. On December, we had the first sale that was done by another team member. And I was just there watching everything played. And in, in terms of sales skills and stuff, it wasn't great. But the offer was so good that she didn't have too much trouble communicating the value across for that specific prospect, you know? So... Definitely have a great offer. It's just going to make your life easier. Have more conversations. You can only get better by having more reps. That's the reality. You will get a lot of rejection as well. Get comfortable with it. 
because if someone says no to your offer, that doesn't mean the world ends. I know, I know it's annoying. If you get several in a row, it can, you know, like punch your ego a little bit as well, or, or what you think of your business or your offer that is, you start questioning everything. If you get five no in a row, you, you start going like, oh, is it, what are we, are, is it what we're doing good enough? You know, what's happening? Why are people saying no? You know, if you get 10, it becomes 2x that. So definitely don't panic. And if you're not selling as much as you want to, find help. Find someone that can assess as well what you're doing. Document the process. That's one thing. Like if, you, if you're getting no's left and right all the time, well, clearly something needs to change. It might not be the offer. It might actually be you, the way you're conducting the sales process. There, there is an art to actually sell someone. And usually you will need a coach for that to, to actually help you break down how to lead that sales process. We could do a whole episode on sales if you guys want it, because that's actually a, a very important factor for the success that comes with having a you know profitable uh, video production business is learning how to get people through the door. Lead generation is how do you bring more people to your door. Sales is how do you get more of those people through the door. I, th I think you said something about putting yourself in a position. I think really the key here is like, yeah, for sure the offer, but put yourself in a position where you can say no is like going to change everything. Don't buy that red camera. <laughs> keep, keep it. No, Stay like, away from red cameras. No, but like, don't buy that fancy gear that you want to buy just for the sake of looking good if you don't need it right away, if it's not going to make sense. Keep it as a safety fund for like the, the, the you love like bad months, like it's going to happen. Uh, depending on how you run your business, you'll have some bad months. If you are in a position where you've got that savings and you've got like three months of rolling expenses in your in your savings, well, like it's easy, it's still easy to say no. You still have time, you know. Like don't don't back yourself. Like don't back yourself against the wall. Just make sure you've got the safety, um, and and then that's going to help alleviate because you can have those phone calls. And if people are not the right fit, it's fine. You're not going to try to sell them. And eventually, because you're not trying to sell them, you will sell them. <laughs> that's that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. How do you do when it gets really fucking hard to continue to grow your business and have success and all these things? Last year, for both of us, it was the best year that our businesses have had, but it was also the hardest year we have ever had when it comes to business. So how do you do when you have those really fucking difficult days? It's a tough one. And I'm still not sure I've got the perfect answer for it. I do have things. When things go south, you have multiple things you could do, right? But it's pretty rare that it's going to be an instant fix because yeah, you're still at the bottom. You still have like 10 people who said no to yourselves and you still have no clients like this month, like for four months last year, like less than 10,000 Australian dollars in four months, like two and a half a month that barely covers the rent for, for anyone here in Australia and like just not accounting food or anything, right? Surrounding yourself with the right people and being having a few friends, you don't need a thousand people. You need like two or even just one good friend, being able to call them 
And I mean, I do that with you. When like, I've got a shit day, first thing I do is like, <laughs> call you, hey, you want to catch up? Do you want to have dinner? Do you want to go for a walk, do something? Mm. I need to like unload and share. Mm. And a lot, lot of the times you realize that, I realize, well, it's not that bad. It's maybe, maybe not that bad. And having someone with, you know, that with your energy, for example, is going to make me, you know what, like, yeah, you're right. It's not that bad. Uh, I can, you know, I feed off your energy in that moment because you know I'm at the bottom and you know I need that. Mm. And you're going to just tell me the truth. Yeah, like you sucked. You, you, you mm. fucked up. Mm. But now what are you going to do about it? Mm. Uh, do you want to stay in that mood? Because that's not going to help you. And so when you're at the bottom, having someone who tells you the truth, who is tough with you, but is going to tell you that they can support you, I think that's something that, that's priceless. So yeah, surround yourself with the right people. Have like a support system. I call, I call that a support system because last year my situation would have been a lot different if I didn't have my support system around me, my, my friends, my family, and as well activities. So support system is one thing. I would say have a way out. I mean, by that, I mean, was something that distracts you. For me, that, that was CrossFit. Having, having a sports I could do, something I could do, and I could show up and I could keep on a regular basis, keep my routine, having something, some kind of foundation. Because when you've got a shit day, you're going to have shit days. It's fine. It's going to happen no matter what. But knowing that I've got my foundations, like people are joking this year about routines and like saying like, oh yeah, you've got the cold bath, you've got, uh, you need to have your green smoothie and and then like the gym and you wake up at four in the morning, do that meditation and all of this. Well, like for some people, it, for me, it works. Having, having, and I'm not saying my routine is the best, it's the routine that anyone should have. Like, I don't think so actually. But for me, it works. It's my baseline. I can have that. And if one thing's, if one day it falls apart, well, it's fine. It's fine too. But most of the time I've got that best line, which means if I've got a shit day after, at least I've ticked the boxes there. I've made it a non-negotiable deal with myself to always show up and go training as much, like as hard as I could. And if the gym is closed, fine, I'll go running. If I break my legs, oh, that sucks. But I still have the other things, you know? And I can tr need to find something that's going to clear my mind and come back on a fresh uh not so i think that's another thing when days are hard really like having having just an escape in some ways just to come back a bit more fresh and if i were to say a third thing that would be uh, it's toughen up <laughs> toughen up man it, the fuck up it, it, it's going to be hard no matter what it's everything is going to be hard like Anything could be hard tomorrow. You need, you just need to be ready that it's going to be harder. Some people have it easier than others. Yeah, like no shit. And some people have it worse. Like, yeah, I I, I think that being able to end all those extreme situations is what's going to make you a good business owner or a good filmmaker, whatever you want to be. But you you need to be ready that it's going to be hard. And that's how, what hard feels like. I love that quote from Ozzy, like mm -hmm. saying, you know, like things are going to, to, like shit is going to eat the fan. It's going to be very hard. This is what hard feels like. Just what, and what, what else? What's next? You know, what's mm -hmm. the problem? Just <laughs> keep moving. And so I, I understand that it's not for everyone, especially it's something that you build over time. 
but you can you can definitely toughen up in some situation and like the more life i do believe that i would be if life was much easier for me the past year i wouldn't be in the situation i am business-wise and even that's business-wise and from a personal standpoint personal development because i had to toughen up i had to sort my shit out and i'm still working on it but because i didn't let that take the best of me eventually i'm I'm kind of glad that everything happened the way it did mm-hmm. because now I'm, yeah, I'm in a new position, like in a new situation and things are going to be hard again and like everything could fall apart tomorrow and I'm ready for it. I love that. I love those three as well that you said they, they were key and I couldn't agree more really with everything you said. What I would add is 100% rely, you need to have little things, rituals that you can rely on every day to keep you your head straight, to keep you in the game, to keep you focused. Again, this will vary from person to person, but from what I've seen and from my own life experience, exercise is a non-negotiable. You need to have a physical outlet. You need to make those training days as well hard because what G was saying too, that, you know, toughen up, that's something that is trainable. There's things that you can do to train your behavior and your response to extreme difficult situations. Do martial arts, I guarantee you, you will suck at the beginning, but you will get more comfortable when things get hard. Once you learn how to prevent someone from choking you out, of someone from breaking an arm, of someone from punching you in the face, you you will become tough. You will become tougher, and that will transfer to other aspects of your life. Do cold plunges. It's very painful. It's very uncomfortable. But guess what? You will become a little bit more aware when difficult things are happening in your life that you can sustain them because you already spend five minutes at zero degree waters because you already escape a choke or whatever it is. There's things that you can do to train these things. So if you are listening to this and you are telling yourself like, wow, I'm really not tough at all. Well, do something about it. You can change that. That's my point here. Train harder, surround yourself with people that are hungrier, that have more drive than you. Because guess what? If If you start hanging out with five killers, if you don't if you don't keep up with them you will have to leave that group they will kick you out that's how it works if someone wants to hang out with G and I today and he's trying to work grow a video production business unless you bring something to the table or we see that you really want this thing and you show that you belong in this group you're not going to stay here we have had that happen before where someone was trying to you know like become a good friend and all these things and he couldn't keep up he wasn't the right fit he's he wasn't just the right fit. It has happened before. So find people that are tougher than you if you feel like you're not capable of doing yourself. Do things, even little little things can help with this. You don't have to even think too much of it, but even like, can I finish this edit in one hour before the day ends? Because I said to myself that I'm going to finish this and put a timer in front of it and push yourself to finish that edit. Little things like that can help you get more comfortable with difficult situations. And another thing that I wanted to add to that is that 
understand that growing a business and being a creative entrepreneur and all these really good things that come with it are, are not for everyone. It's not for everyone. The more I do this the, and the, the more I hang out with G and we, you know, talk about the things that we're going through and all this stuff, the more I realize not many people can do this. It's too fucking hard. It's too, too many people rely on you. Too many people depend on, like, if I wanted to stop today, the amount of people I would let down and people that are relying on, on this, the money that comes from this, people that are relying on their positions, people that are thinking of the big mission and all this stuff, I couldn't live with that. I literally, I couldn't live with that. So I, I can't, I can't stop. I, I have a bigger why. And that's my other thing. Like you need to have something that is bigger than yourself because when it gets really fucking hard, doesn't matter how tough you are, you're going to question everything. I am relentless. I have an iron mind. And there were days, several days last year that I was just looking sometimes when I was time to wake up at 5 a.m. looking at the ceiling, I'm just thinking, I don't want to get out of bed. There's too much shit that needs my attention. There's too many things going wrong. We haven't maybe closed the amount of clients that we wanted. You know, we have an existing problem with one of the clients. We like a team member fuck up something and put us in a bad situation. It's too much, man. They, you're not getting the same cost per lead. The ad spend is has increased. Overheads have gone through the roof. It it's a lot when when you really want to grow a business to seven figures plus and all this stuff. Not many people can do this. So have a conversation with yourself and really understand if you're the right person for this journey because it becomes very stressful. It's very fucking scary. People will start be depending on you because if you want to grow to seven figures, you're going to have to have a team. That's how it is. And, and once you start adding team members, people will start becoming reliant on you to perform. Are you going to perform when days are difficult, when you don't feel like it? <laughs> you know, when, it, when it's raining, when it's cold, when things are not going your way. So that's where having those little rituals can help a lot because even when we have really bad days, we know we worked out. We know we woke up early. We know we did, you know, our little things that make it already little wins for the day. So even if everything else goes today, even if everything goes to shit by the end of the day, at least I can say, I did my workout. <laughs> you know, that's a win. So not everything went to shit. So have rituals, rituals, things that you can rely on when things get extremely difficult have awareness to see if it, not everyone's meant to do this and you don't have to. That's the other thing. Trust me, the more I do this, the more we, you know, get results, the more money I make, the more, the more I realize that you don't need really that much. And it gets to a point where you see your bank account growing and all this stuff that is just more numbers. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't change everything, anything, because I keep treating myself almost the same way as the first days of my journey. And it doesn't matter. And I have way more than what I ever thought it was possible for me. So I just know that it's not for everyone and that's okay. Just realize if you really want it, it's gonna be very hard. And yes, you need to man up. <laughs> but there will be days where you don't want to do anything. And that's those are the days where you have to show how bad you want this. 
And if you have a bigger purpose, you have a bigger reason of why you're doing this that goes beyond you, it will be a little bit easier to get up that day and go and get the things done. It'll be slightly easier if it goes beyond you. That's what I have to say about that. Why do you do cold plunges? I think a lot of people <laughs> oh. uh, have seen this in our stories and you know, in, in trends and all stuff. Why do you do it? I'm a huge fan of uh, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Berman. Amazing podcast, actually. And I listened to that episode he did on cold exposure about a couple of years ago. When it comes to health, I really believe in, I don't really believe in the medical system that we have, whether it's, you know, back home or here in Australia. I believe in prevention rather than fixing things, right? And so I had like a few options, whether I was thinking, I used to have a, an insurance, you know, medical, like private insurance for like the bills to front the doctors and all of this. And that would be like a monthly expense. I was quite high. I was... I'm not feeling, I'm, I'm not, when I fall sick, it's pretty bad, but it doesn't last very long. What if I could get rid of the one time I get sick a year, you know? That's just all, like a flu that just lasts a bit too long for you to be able to work properly or, or where you have to isolate yourself, right? Cold exposure is one of the answers, I would say, on top of having a healthy lifestyle. So basically what it does, and I'm no expert in that, and so you you guys would need to listen to <laughs> Andrew Uberman's podcast. But basically, like from um, you've got to, when you expose your your yourself to to cold, there is a shock that happens in your body, and it's basically going to, in simple terms, just boost your immune system, right? So that's my first, the first reason why I wanted to do it. It's just like have a better health in general, like feeling good, not falling sick, like having that immune system boost naturally by exposing yourself to something else. The second thing I wanted, and we talked a bit about that just before, about toughening up, is um, doing something hard every day, something I'm not looking forward to, something I don't want to do. Some days, I really don't want to jump in. It's cold outside, it's raining. I don't want to do it. Well, I should do it then, because it means I'm doing something hard and anything from that point in the day, once you start your day with a cold plunge, anything else is easier. Anything else like a client saying no, oh, that's fine. I stayed three minutes in, in two degrees water this morning. And that was hard. It makes everything a little bit easier. And I'm not saying like it's not going to remove any pain, but that, that's one of the things. Uh, one thing I forgot is um, inflammation. So training quite bit every day, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week means I'm always sore, mm. having a cold bath. So there are a few theories on that. But the, the main thing I, I, I kind of learned or I took away was that it reduces inflammation, so improves your recovery. So now going back to the basics, what what people are saying is that the, in the podcast with Superman, he talks about cold exposure and saying like how it reduces a, a per, like a muscle hypertrophy, for example. And uh, I think there are a few views on this. What I've heard from like another podcast, maybe like with one of the biggest bodybuilders on the planet, saying that he was doing a cold bath after his trainings because maybe he would lose one or two percent of muscle hypertrophy, right? But he could train twice as hard the next day. And he could train every day, which means he would crush that one or two percent that he would lose. 
anyway. So that was one of the things, feeling less sore, feeling more ready and feeling healthier. And at the moment, it's working well. So I've been doing it for the past two months. Um, ideally, so the protocol, my protocol is going every single day. At the moment, we're in January. I'm doing actually every single day in January, not, uh, unbroken, documenting all of this in my stories, just as a challenge to start a new routine, a new health routine. I do roughly five minutes on average every day at around five, six degrees, depending when I, when the water is fresh and it's just like we, we launch it for a bit more and there is ice. When you come, usually there is ice in it. So it's a bit colder, more like two, three degrees. Um, from what I've heard, there is no benefit in going into colder water than 10 degrees. Like if you have like a 10 to 15 degree water, stay five minutes or four minutes, three times a week. So 12 to 15 minutes a week. Uh, from what I understand, you get most of the benefits of it from a physio physiological standpoint, right? I think from a mental uh, toughness standpoint and a routine perspective, I do enjoy, you know, uh, doing it every day. And so there I say I do enjoy it. And that's where the trick is because I came to a point after doing it pretty much every day or every second day for the past two months, it gets easier. No matter what, it gets hard, still hard to get in, but it gets easier. So now I'm thinking, well, like if I'm not challenging myself and I do enjoy it, I might get really getting that benefit from it. So I'm curious to see if people have some answers in the comment of the podcast, please leave, leave them down because, um, yeah, I don't want to get to the point uh, where I'm putting myself in like zero degree water, risking to burn myself and uh, having hypothermia for no reason, you know, for no win. So <laughs> we are one minute left and I have one last question for you. What is one thing that most people don't know about Guillaume Cornet? I think most people don't know a lot about me because what you see on social media is curated, I would say. Most people is pretty much everyone but my family and my friends and you. What do you think? <laughs> Questions for you. There are a few things that come to my mind, like that I used to be an engineer back in France, worked five years in the industry. Maybe most people don't know that, that I'm plant-based or like 90% plant-based now. That's one thing. I don't know if most people don't know that, but I'm a go-getter. When I want something, I, I go for it and I get it. That's, that's maybe, yeah. Someone told me that recently and I didn't think, I didn't frame it this way. That person came to me and was like, well, when you want something, you really, like you go for it and you, you, you're, you're the kind of person who get what they want. I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I do for sure when I've got a goal or a mission or anything, when I've got an idea in mind and I think that's the right thing to do, I'll do everything I can to get it. And whether it's work, working out, finances, whatever, family, especially. I want something, I just make sure I put everything possible and look at all the avenues, talk to all the people I could, like get as many ideas, try to problem solve and get to the point and get what I want. I agree with that. You're a go-getter. I, I, I support that one. Yes. I, li I like that you choose that one because I think, yeah, a lot of people don't know how hard you work and how bad you want the things that you want and hence why you will get them. Most people can see the real Guillaume working extremely hard every day. I get to see that. So proud of you, brother. Where can people find you? Well, um, there are a few channels like Instagram, definitely, Guillaume Cornet Films. Um, 
I'm as well active a little bit on YouTube, Gamecoin Films. Those are the two major ones. If you enjoyed this episode, do not forget to leave a thumbs up, comment down below. What, what else do you want to see? I can bring Guillaume as many times as you guys want. So if there's still remaining questions for how to grow a video production business or anything about our personal lives or how how we got to where we are, leave them in the comments down below or send a DM to the Creative Grid podcast asking for more questions to be answered and I can organize more episodes with Brother Guillaume. We're on every major social media platform at the Creative Grid, at Creator Nelson as well. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Goodbye. Sorry, everyone. My goal for this podcast is to help 1 million creative entrepreneurs make more money, have more impact, and create their ultimate reality. The best way for you to support this mission is by sharing the podcast with anyone you think will find it valuable. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on all social media platforms at The Creative Grid and at Creator Nelson. I will see you at the top.